What's going on, everyone? This is the CFN Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Campbell, as always. And today we're going to talk about how I basically supply people with junk food. Um, Don't take that the wrong way. Uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about why I choose to give my athletes junk food um, during competition. Okay? So what I want you guys to do while I'm talking and breaking this down is not to think of what I'm saying as everyone for the general public because obviously the general public should not be eating junk food all the time, right? And do I really consider it junk food or is it actually considered junk food in the way my athletes use it? Maybe. That's for your decision, okay? So what we're going to do here... Uh, if you've taken a basic health class in high school or college, um, or maybe you major in it, I don't know. If you paid attention, we talked about how muscle glycogen is broken down. We talked about glucose, fructose, sucrose, all that good stuff, right? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you probably didn't pay the fuck attention in class, okay? I'm just saying. Um, or maybe you just forgot. We'll just leave it at that, all right? I'll be nice about it. But... What I really want to start with today is simple sugars, all right? And a simple sugar is basically just a type of carbohydrate. So I want you to think a a simple carbohydrate is also a simple sugar. So later in the podcast, if I say a simple carbohydrate or just a carbohydrate, you know, it doesn't matter. It also means simple sugar. And that's what I want you guys to focus on, okay? So it is a type of carb. And... Carbohydrates are one of the three basic macronutrients. The one, the other two, I should say, are protein and fats. Okay, that's pretty stationary, and they can be found naturally in things like fruit and milk. Right, so fructose, for example, and I'll get to this, but I'm just going to say it now, is fructose. Right, we've all learned that before. Fruit, fructose, kind of sounds the same, right? You can put two and two together and connect the dots. With milk, I think it's called galactose. I don't know, I think I have it written down later here. Um, But it can be found in milk, uh, cheese, yogurt, anything like that. And that's just the sugar that's in these dairy products. And I'm not saying it's bad, okay? I'll get to that. Um, These kind of simple sugars, they can also be added to food to sweeten it or give it structure or help it not spoil as fast, stuff like that, okay? Um, So... How do these simple carbs, simple sugars break down, right? That's what we're all thinking. They are just molecules that contain just one single or maybe multiple sugar molecules called uh, saccharides. So saccharides, if you've heard that before, there's monosaccharides, there's disaccharides, stuff like that. And yeah, I have this written down. Two major types of carbs, simple and complex carbs, okay? Like I said earlier, simple carbohydrate, simple sugar. The difference is the amount of sugar molecules they actually contain. So simple carbs, since they're also simple sugars, they may contain one molecule, which is a monosaccharide, or two molecules, which makes them a disaccharide. And I'm sitting here with my my book of notes flipping through like a freaking book reading you guys, right? So... Uh, what's a monosaccharide? We'll just start there. That's the one sugar molecule. That's the absolute simplest carb you could possibly possibly have. 
alright, and your body cannot break those down any further. It's just one molecule, it's there, it's in your body, right? Can't be broken down. This means that your body can quickly and easily absorb them, right? So keep this in mind later in the podcast when I start talking about athletic performance, okay? They can quickly and easily be absorbed. That's very important, okay? Remember that. Moving on to the three types of um, the simple sugars, you got glucose, which is the most you know stationary, most well-known one, and it can be found in natural sources like fruits and vegetables. Um, processed ways it can be found in, I, ha- I have down here just ones that popped into my mind. I have syrups, uh, candy, honey, sports drinks, stuff like that. Um, and if it sounds familiar, pay attention to this because the candy and the sports drinks and the syrups and stuff like that, it's going to pop up again here. So all of this is going to start to tie together. Moving on to fructose, like I said before, it's mostly in fruit. Its primary source is fruit, so it's basically considered a fruit sugar. Not as much um, one of the simple carbs, but mostly just a fruit sugar on its own. Okay? And, yep, I have it written down here, galactose. It's a source of lactose. It's just the sugar, like in yogurts, cheeses, um, milk, stuff like that. That's just the sugar in what, in what those dairy products have. Okay? So some of you guys may be listening right now and you're like, well, isn't there one called sucrose, right? And you haven't gone over that one. I'm about to now, okay? I didn't leave it out. I only left it out of that because it's not a monosaccharide. It's a disaccharide, so it has two sugar molecules. It's commonly known as just your regular table sugar. You know, if you wake up in the morning and you buy like those humongous freaking bags of sugar at like Giant Eagle or Walmart or some shit like that. Um, it's probably just the table sugar, which is basically sucrose, okay? It's the combination of glucose and fructose. Those are the two monosaccharides that we put together to uh, make sucrose. Now, by all means, I'm not a biology teacher. I'm not a nutrition teacher or anything like that. This is just basic information, okay? I'm really <laughs> I'm really not that smart. Just bear with me here. Um, it is a sweetener that is derived from sugarcane plants or beet. Uh, and it can commonly just be added to food during processing. Like that's why it's mostly a processed sugar, um, because it is taken from those plants or the natural sources, and it's used a lot in processing. Hence the table sugar in different different areas like that. I don't have those written down. So after saying all this, I I actually listed a lot of shitty foods. Right, honey, candy. Um, to some people, if you're vegan or whatever, maybe milks and yogurts and all that stuff. Um, that's your own decision. And just the sugar cane, right? And the table sugar. So you're probably thinking like, well, why would I want to take that stuff in? It's bad, right? Well, not exactly, okay? There's natural sugars, like I've said a couple times already, that can be found in fruits that they are not harmful, okay? Please, please, please stop avoiding fruits or vegetables if they have sugars in them, which some of them do. Please stop avoiding these because you think they have too much sugar. First, you just sound kind of stupid. And second of all, it's kind of dumb to avoid healthy foods when those natural sugars are actually useful for your body, let alone if you're a competing athlete right now listening to this, or you still compete in different sports, you know, recreational, if you do strength training, anything like that. It's extremely important, okay? Um, They shouldn't be avoided. What should be avoided 
is processed sugars. Now, I'm not saying you have to completely avoid processed sugars. I'll be honest with you guys. I crushed two donuts already today, okay? And I worked out and yeah, whatever. But that's what keeps us sane, right? It keeps us from going crazy and being terrible people because we need to create that stimulus in our brain um, and all that kind of chemical level shit that I don't know. All right, all I'm going to tell you is we need to stay sane. All right, so eat the donut. Um, but anyway, on a regular basis, we should avoid processed sugars. Uh, they're usually listed on food labels as added sugars. Okay, so pay attention to that. There's sugars and then there's added sugars. Most of the time, those are the processed ones that we kind of want to stay away from, right? So I have some examples written down here. And some of them could be confectioner sugars, which is like the white powder stuff that you see on top of funnel cakes or brownies. Um, there's corn syrup, excuse me. There's high fructose corn syrup, there's honey, and there's maple syrup, right? And look, I'm not one to sit here and tell you to not just destroy your pancakes and maple syrup, all right? I'm the same person. I, I love maple syrup, all that good stuff, honey and tea, all that kind of stuff. I'm just giving examples, okay? So don't get pissed at me if you're on the other end of this microphone listening, all right? <laughs> so before moving on, um, again, I just want to tell you guys, simple sugars are not bad for you, especially depending on athletic performances, and I'm going to get to that. Um, you have to be sustainable and limit your consumption for added sugars, processed sugars, and that kind of stuff. Like I said, eat the donut, have a good time, limit your intake, and just move on. Okay, it's simple as that. So as we're moving on here, I explained to you guys how we break it down. Or no, no, yeah, I already, I already went over that. Um, gave you some examples. Now we're gonna move on to uh, some more detailed stuff when it comes to athletic performances. <clears throat> so I give my players both natural and added simple sugars before and during competitions. Okay, I give them both. I'm not just limited to one, I give them natural sugars too. I think it's a great combination. Why? Mostly because muscle glycogen, all right, the energy that's stored in your muscles, it's the main form of stored glucose in the body. And you guys remember glucose, right? I already went over it. And if you're, you forgot it, rewind the damn podcast and listen to it again and then come back to this point right here, okay? <laughs> but for muscle contractions, blood glucose are the main energy substrates. So when you guys are going through intense exercise, strength training, anything like that, when your muscles contract, you need those glucose substrates to actually not fatigue out as soon as you start. It's extremely important, and now we're just going to start building on top of it. So the more important, um, or sorry, the blood glucose uh, substrates are more important as exercise intensifies. Alright, and again, we're kind of starting to tie this all together. So with ice hockey, for example, which I'm the strength and conditioning coach for, for Slippery Rock, this is building towards why I give my guys junk food like this sometimes. So since the, um, the sport itself is very intense, the shifts are very quick, 30 to 45 seconds, and then you're off and then you're on again, it's very, very crucial that I feel like a lot of teams don't do, or at least that I've seen, um, in my career so far, not a lot of them have intra-workout carbs. They just don't. They just kind of sit in the locker room. They'll play with water bottles or bullshit for a little bit until coach comes in. But they don't actually fuel themselves because they don't realize how much they've actually just lost in that first period or that second period. 
and with the college level you have an ice cut in between each period and each period is 20 minutes so you have a good amount of time probably 10 to 15 minutes to maybe choke down a clementine or a bag you know or some sort of candy which i'll get to later so uh, as a quick energy source simple sugars have statistically shown to produce atp quicker than oxidizing fats all right so what that basically means is if you don't know what atp is it basically just means that you know this gives you more energy it gives you more energy it uh, creates a nice buffer zone so your muscles don't fatigue as fast when you start exercising again again sorry um, and it's great for anaerobic performance basically which is ice hockey it could be track sprinting um, whatever so those are just a couple examples and a huge factor that determines muscle fatigue may be carb depletion right if you guys aren't taking care of yourselves and you're not eating a good pre-competition meal or you don't know how many carbs you should eat or you're not consulting you know a nutritionist or asking a coach that has some information on the subject um, you might actually be like not killing yourself but you're putting yourself at a disadvantage because you're not fueling your body before the competition even starts and now you've put yourself in a vulnerable position for not just injury but for just extreme malnutrition because you're literally just letting your body run on fumes that's that's the simplest way i can put it so pre-meals are extremely important which i'm about to get to and i truly 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 believe and i preach this to my guys and if they're listening right now they they know man um it's just so important to get meals in and that's why on the nutrition guide that i made for the slippery rock uh, guys I gave them sample meals, I gave them a grocery list that they can go to the store and get the right foods. Um, I had a format for meal timing and scheduling, hydration, all of that stuff. So there's really no excuse. And I know all of them don't do this. I get it, all right? I played, you know, I lived on my own in an apartment. I'm not perfect, okay? But looking back on it now, that's why I want to help these guys and that's why I'm doing this podcast right now. So if you're listening right now and you know, you may have a son or a daughter that competes. You yourself listening may compete in a sport that's very intense and very anaerobic like track, ice hockey, um, football, stuff like that, where you need a lot of power in a short amount of time and a lot of, in, or yeah, I'll just stick with a lot of power in a short amount of time. That's the easiest way to put it. Um, you guys have to fuel yourselves. So moving on here as I flip the page to my novel notes book here. Um, Although factors such as, what are these I've written down here? Um, A couple factors I have like duration of the exercise, your own fitness level, your your diet, and actually your gender play a role in the timing of carb depletion. So if you guys already have a really high fitness level and your nutrition is on point and you're, you're getting enough grams of carbs before or the day before and then leading up to it, you're probably at a really good advantage to not fatigue as much and you may not need as much intra-workout carbs that's just how it works all right it just depends on your fitness levels and environmental factors if you're playing out in the cold or if it's really hot outside stuff like that and i'm not going to go into too much detail so most competitive athletes this is a pretty cool statistic that i saw most competitive athletes um and they didn't specify what competitive athlete means so just bear with me here they operate above a 70 percent of their VO2 max. And if you don't know what VO2 max means, it just means, you know, your max oxygen consumption. 
during exercise. That, that's basically a general definition. And what that means is your blood glucose and your muscle glycogen are extremely crucial like I talked about earlier. It's extremely crucial, guys. You can't fatigue out. Um, you see a lot of players, and I know with hydration you get cramps a lot, but I seriously think, man, and I don't know enough yet to really talk on the subject, but I feel like a lot of players just miss out on really good nutrition opportunities because either they're too lazy um, or they, they just don't know. They just don't have enough education on the subject, which is okay. Everyone's been there before, and I'm still kind of there with what I'm trying to learn too, but I'm just trying to give you guys some solid baseline information. If you're an athlete, if you know someone that's an athlete, if if you're listening right now and if you have a kid that's an athlete, it's all good stuff to learn. So um, another cool one I saw, I think this was posted by ACSM, uh, or maybe it was Harvard Medicine. I forget which one it was. Uh, your skeletal muscle has the largest concentration of glycogen deposits in your body and that kind of makes sense right because your muscles can fill up real fast with glycogen that's what you need the most energy for especially for athletes Um, and it said right under it your liver only stores about an eighth of that just one eighth that's it so I found that pretty fascinating and it kind of just plays into my point even more what I said earlier about how crucial blood glucose and glycogen are So, again, just another supporting factor. Um, So now I'm going to start to get to how it affects athletic performance. Because you're sitting there, like I explained everything, the baseline nutrition leading up to it, how important it is. Um, So I'm going to get to how it affects your performance or someone else's performance. So it really, (laughs) pretty much like every damn thing in the fitness industry, it depends, right? (laughs) It depends on different factors. So intensity, duration... Um, the type of sugar and when it's consumed all right is it a natural sugar is it a processed sugar you know stuff like that so first I have written down here um, a couple just baseline nutrition facts that I I found off the ACSM website is an athlete's dinner if they're doing like a a real intense anaerobic sport not an endurance sport like cross-country because you would need a lot more carbs for that I'm just gonna stick to like ice hockey for a good example since I coach it so, three to or yeah, their dinner should be. Oh wait, no. What do I have here? Yeah, the the dinner should be high in carbs. Um, I don't have a specific. Sorry about that, by the way. I don't have a specific number. I think it was like two hundred fifty to three hundred grams of carbs the night before competi- competition, I believe, and then three to six hours before you should have between two hundred and 350 grams so I think that yeah that's the right number right there so again it depends on the sport Um, 60 to 30 minutes beforehand they have here it's 35 to 50 grams of glucose or sucrose all right so like I said um, with some of those examples of glucose I'll give you guys some at the end here too that I use for my athletes but like straight glucose or sucrose but there was a point I have here that it said although some research states doing this causes a lot of fatigue faster due to the concentration spikes in the falls that your body has. Um, Fructose is actually proven to have little to no effect on your concentration spikes uh, for that kind of stuff. So, like, honestly, eating an apple and a clementine a half hour before competition, that might be your best bet. Honestly, I'm just going to tell you guys right now. Um, That's something, personally, that I used to do before hockey games. I used to take an orange or an apple 
in the locker room with me and <laughs> I always try try to time it before coach walks in and I'll try to like choke down a clementine or um, really just get down an apple before the coach walks in for his pregame speech because that usually means there's about 10 minutes left before the game starts and then another like five for the Zamboni to get off the ice and stuff so I would always try to time it on my own um, and that's something you guys can do too you always have time it's just about time management and uh, you know when you have that free time to really just sit down and get some food in real quick so definitely you can always rely on fructose um, those are just how it can affect you when you need to eat uh, and kind of dealing with concentration spikes and all that so I know you guys are probably just sitting there waiting for me to tell you what I give my athletes basically because the title of this uh, podcast will probably be you know I give my athletes junk food or some shit like that so um, what I give my athletes I wrote down some examples off the top of my head that I have bought for the guys um, Mott's 100% real fruit fruit snacks okay there's no corn syrup in them there's no um, added sugars there is I think like gum extract and stuff like that obviously to make the fruit snack but I, I don't know much about that so I'm not going to try to talk about it and give you false information um, but they are 100% real fruit fruit snacks um, the guys really love them <laughs> we go through a shit ton of them all the time uh, what else we got here organic juice boxes again that goes back to the fructose 100% juice now there's a lot of sugar in them but there's no added sugar it's 100% fruit juice I think we have like mixed berry apple and uh, I, I can't remember the other one but the guys love those they're quick they're easy they don't give them heartburn or anything they you know it doesn't really fill them up it's just quick sugar that they can choke down in between periods to really just get refueled so uh, what else do I have here? I have peanut butter, although that's mostly a fat. There are some sugars that do help. Uh, Nutella, the Nutella hazelnut chocolate spread, whatever it is, uh, has a shit ton of added sugar in it, and it's actually pretty terrible for you. But uh, the guys love it. They put it on bread, and you know you get more carbs there, and you get a lot of those sugars. Usually they'll eat those about an hour before the game, which is pretty good. So I'll let it at that. Um, jelly for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you know ne never can go wrong with that it is a lot of added sugar it's a processed sugar but um, again with those guys you know burning so many calories and losing so much water weight and all that during the games it's really not that big of an issue so uh, Swedish fish and Sour Patch Kids oh dude I, I fucking love Sour Patch Kids um, the coaches and I usually eat most of these <laughs> oh we have gummy bears too I forgot to add that one but uh, again, processed sugar, uh, nothing real great about it, but it does replace those glycogen stores real fast. It does give them a lot of glucose real fast. And I'll be honest with you guys, they love it. They feel the energy on the ice. I've gotten good feedback from some of the guys and uh, we just kind of roll with it. So the only fruit I really give them in its true raw form is clementines. They're quick, they're small, they're easy. Um, they're real easy to peel, they're real easy to eat in like a minute or two. Um, and they're they're good tasting too so it's not like you have to sit there and bite through an apple or unpeel a banana or anything like that because bananas give a lot of people heartburn that I've talked to during exercise or they'll make them feel full or bloated so we usually stick to clementines that's a that's a pretty good um, pretty good thing to just stick by so let me see if I missed anything here I don't think I did no so uh, what I want you guys to do is just take this as a with a grain of salt. 
Uh, if you guys are athletes and you are in the middle of competing, about to compete, please take some of these factors and foods into consideration. If you have any questions about what foods, please let me know. The ones I listed that I use for my hockey guys, they're always great solutions, uh, great ways to just incorporate different things for the for the athletes or for you or you know to try to tide you over and keep you energized and kind of avoid that muscle cramp and fatigue during uh, competition so that's really all I got guys I hope uh, the last what we got last 25 minutes here almost Uh, I hope this was beneficial to how you kind of look at pre-competition meals and how important they are I know I didn't really go into detail about pre-competition meals or post-competition meals or anything like that but uh Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it could be its own podcast, and I really wanted to stick to what I give my guys and why. So I really wanted to break down that sugar stuff for you, and uh, I really think I provided you guys with a good baseline of just how sugars are broken down and, you know, what may benefit you if you're an athlete or what may benefit your players if you're a coach. So thank you guys so much. Oh, and I didn't say this at the beginning of the podcast, but real quick, I'm just going to give a shout-out. If you guys haven't listened yet, the gym I work at, Union Fitness. We have our own podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's called the Union Fitness Podcast. All right. I co host it with my GM, Todd Hammer. And uh, if you guys really enjoy, like, just general fitness, sports performance, stories from our staff, please give it a, a, um, a listen. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And uh, as always, I appreciate the support. I love all you guys. And you know, I, I love getting text messages and Instagram DMs from some of you saying how much you like it and how much it helps you. So um, I couldn't really thank you enough. It means the world. And uh, we're just going to keep rolling, man. We're just going to keep rolling with it and uh, go get to work. Go do something productive with your day. All right. Have a good one. See you on the next podcast.